Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Welcome to today. It is March 24th, and uh, we're going to be getting after it with someone you probably know and love, the man himself, Mr. Uncle Patrick Vellner. Uncle Patrick, Uncle Pat, not 100% sure which way to go with it, but let's go ahead and kick him on here and see see what's going on. Uh, Pat, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uncle Pat's perfect. Uncle Pat's good. See, because I was, I was thinking about this, I was like, man, this guy... This poor guy just has not had any cool nicknames stick. Just, yeah. There's been a few that have come and gone, but that's all right. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite of like the the old guard of nicknames for you? I don't know. I feel like there wasn't a lot for a while. And in the last year, there's been like that the ghost thing started going. And now everybody just yells Patty Valney alert. I think the buttery bros have been good for my my brand. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uncle Pat was a good one. That's a yeah. It's wholesome. Everyone's, it is, it everyone's is wholesome. favorite uncle. The uh, he's out there doing his best. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all, Pat? We're just out here. That's right. That's what I mean. Us. Everybody identifies with that. The uh, the idea, like the the buttery bros, have been good for the brand. Uh, you know, the the fittest movie just came out, and we just saw you know the first set of reactions to that, and. Uh, Dave Castro has been happily participating in, you know, making it very clear that you are currently his favorite CrossFitter. So speaking of being good for the brand, it seems like Castro has got his eyes on you over the past week or so. What is going on, dude? Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. I like it when Dave crawls out of his cave and starts to make his presence known again. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. It's funny to me because a lot of the like I mean the content in that movie and the statements that I made not that I don't agree with what I said still um, I think it's easy to to cut things and lose some context and things like that but like these are these are statements from August right and like this whole thing is in August and I mean at the games wrap up I, I spoke to Dave and I had a good long chat with him and about the games and about the direction and you know we agreed on some things we disagreed on some things but like had a perfectly reasonable conversation with him and then uh yeah flash forward like six months and all of a sudden it's like he forgot all about it (laughs) it's like i just walked into his house and made these statements right now but you know what at the end of the day there's two ways to look at it either he's just kind of spinning this whole thing up and he's trying to push sales of the film which is great um or you know he's just he's adamantly defending his project and that's his livelihood and I think that if he wouldn't be reacting so strongly if he didn't care. So um, I think if someone makes a comment and you actually really don't care, you don't give it any time of day. But if he's having some sort of a reaction, hopefully it means that something struck a little bit of a chord and he's obviously trying to build a better product all the time. So hopefully to me, I'm trying to take that as, oh, it means, you know, he's he's trying to defend what he's doing and he's, he's going to try to be better and try to, um, you know, make things a little bit cleaner and better and as, as good as he can make them in the next however long i think that he just that's kind of his love language and that's how he communicates so i i agree with you not hurt by it. i agree with you on that i think it is his love language i think it's one of those situations where if you're if you know okay so here's how here's how dave shows you that he he despises you 
he completely ignores your existence. That's how he shows you that he despises you. If right. he's talking about you and if he's if he's like putting you up, you know, two out of the last three posts on his Instagram have literally been your face talking about CrossFit. <laughs> and, you know, it's not it's 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 a tough kind of love, I guess you could call it. But like, you know, he is among many things uh, kind of petty, kind of, uh, you know, kind of. like touchy about criticism to the CrossFit games, but he also is, you know, like you said, he's always trying to improve his product and he is, even if I think he's defending the, 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 uh, you know, programming, like you specifically bring up Mary and then you talk about like the cuts or whatever, or like the end result of the games or whatever. But, you know, he, he might defend this right now, but like in three years at the cross, like, you know, three years from now, they're going to do an event and he's going to say something like, oh, you know, you know, this is one of the reasons why we don't do workouts like Mary at the CrossFit Games anymore, because it just selects for the wrong type of athlete and doesn't have the type of test that we're looking for. <laughs> and that, that's exactly what happened with this year's documentary, uh, which you've seen, which you're in, you know, he he talks about, you know, oh, I can understand the criticism for the lanes in like 2014 or 2015 at the CrossFit Games during the sled push. And back then, when anybody was bringing up the idea that the lanes were different, he was like, what are you talking about? The lanes are absolutely all the same. There's there's no differences here at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 the whole the way the competition is now, uh, it complicates things a lot because say something like Mary it's not a bad test, but it, it it's a, it needs to be part of a complete test. So when you're going to have a lot of cuts like that, it's sort of, it's tough. It's super tough. It skews everything like crazy. Um, so it makes it this really crazy, delicate thing. And I don't think there's a perfect way to do it. Frankly, I don't know it. I don't think there is a way. So, and I mean, this is the thing is I think the way he framed it is like that. I was bashing benchmark workouts and it's like, look, there are a lot of benchmark workouts that lose their potency as is a test for elite level athletes at our level now. And there is a difference between a a good workout and a good test. There absolutely is. And so to say, and I didn't even say it was a bad test. I said it was a silly test, (laughs) which to me at that point of the competition, going into our first event in the Coliseum, it just seemed like a a anti-climax like you would expect something a little more exciting with some some epic finishes in the Coliseum. We're finally bringing it back in the Coliseum. We've whittled it down to 30, like it's Coliseum time. And instead we did a 20 minute AMRAP where nobody even paid attention until the last like 90 seconds. So like, to me, that's why I thought it was silly. Um, and so, you know, is it a bad workout? Absolutely not. Is it a bad test? In some contexts, yes. Um, but in a lot of contexts, it's a great test and it is for sure a great workout. But that's just, those are the things that you're juggling that I think sometimes people don't see. And so like when I, you know, when I make a statement like that, I'm not saying it's a bad workout, but there's a difference between a workout and a test and specifically a test in the, in the framework of this whole competition. And even at the games last year, if you look at all the the whole of the test, um, it, it fits in pretty well, but the problem is that not everybody did everything right. Right. So when you, when you do something like Mary, which is specifically body weight and whatever, and then if you follow it up with that one RM clean, all of a sudden those two have, it's wash, right? Right. So, and the people who are good at both, great, move on. Um, but the reality of just not giving everybody that opportunity, that's where it gets complicated. And like, I, this is months and months ago, like, I don't care. I'm not crying over spilt milk. 
Right. But hey, like, guess what? Uh, you know, the guy who the guy who apparently doesn't know much about CrossFit won the CrossFit Games Open. Yeah, we'll see. I might uh, I might be waking up tomorrow with a couple of major penalties. <laughs> That's how you but know this, he really this is loves the thing. you. Like, I mean, I know I know my CrossFit well enough. I've been doing well. I mean, my competition pedigree is reasonably good. It's not that I don't know what I'm talking about. I certainly look at things a certain way that maybe is not the same way that he does or not the same way that, you know, the the traditional CrossFit umbrella is sort of or the framework is made. And I get that. But like everything that I've learned and acquired is through a wealth of competition experience. Um, and, you know, that sort of has programmed me to think a certain way. Sure. So when I analyze competitions or things, I do it a certain way. And I think that I get what he does with, theatrics and building a storyline and building a competition framework so when i said something like how i thought mary was silly like that's where i was kind of coming from is i'm like that seemed odd and out of place based on that build up um but anyway like it was fine and it, it did its job yeah i mean listen when you're looking at the workouts and you know you're trying to figure out cuts and you you might have to do cuts after you know even after single workouts like the first workout is a great example of a workout that you can cut the field to because it tests such a wide variety of capacities and such a great example of like a classic CrossFit workout turned up to 11. But once you start getting into, once you start getting into stuff that's like really single modality, you know, like the run. Okay. I, I could, I think there's an argument there that you can do a long run and have a cut afterwards, especially since they added weights to that. Like that's a super CrossFitty thing. But then you start doing cuts after like very, very like single ish type things like who's who's got who's got the best sled work or in this case, like who had a better uh, lane on the sleds, which I think, by the way, I came up with an example of potential explanation as to why there could be variations in the sleds. So one of the biggest things that we saw and I think someone did the math on this and, and showed that, hey, there were three lanes or whatever that were significantly faster than the other lanes. Um, it is artificial turf. It is uniform. However, the previous day, everyone did event one. And I think you might be able to go back and correlate the athletes, the lanes that had the most snatches done on them versus the other lanes to see which ones were the, were like the most pockmarked. Cause you know, the, the, the only thing that would affect the uh, the uniformity of the lanes is if something was like digging into them and what digs into artificial turf more than dropping 180 pounds or 130 pounds on it a hundred times. Right. So that, that would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there was talk about the fans spraying water. There's, I mean, the, there was the tape marks that were getting scooped up and putting like glue basically on the bottom of the sleds. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that could, but I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm not really interested, frankly, in speculating this far out. Like it doesn't matter. It's water under the bridge now. Um, yeah. But yeah, like there's anyway, point being, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Like the, the whole, the, the testing process is super, super challenging. And so there's a lot of things that are, that come into play. And so it's just funny, you know, you make an offhanded comment and then, yeah. <laughs> well, six months later, I don't know. I don't know, man. You got offered a free level one, sir. And uh, Lucas Esslinger's in the in the comments here. He says that he thinks that you'd win the games if you only had your L one. So, yeah, yeah. If I wouldn't have got cut. That's for sure. Maybe, maybe that's the actual. Maybe that's the judge. Maybe that's what's missing from maybe the that's secret what it sauce. Is. 
Yeah. Uh, Although uh, I will say I appreciate the invite, but I probably won't be showing up to an L1 anytime soon. Dude, you were missing out on a lot of medicine ball cleans and sumo deadlift poles. Yeah, and it's it's not to slight the L1. I will say that I think the L1 seminar is a great source of information that's built in a way that you know any person can consume the information and understand it. Um, so it's kind of a, a health seminar for the layman where anybody from any background can come in and learn a lot then apply it in their daily life. I'm just not that guy. Like I have eight years of post-secondary education in like human kinematics, health sciences, things like that. I, they basically are teaching the basics of. So I just like, it's, it, I, I don't think I would stand to learn a lot more. Uh, not about those things, maybe about coaching or things like that, but that's just not something I'm super interested in. So it's just like, it's not, uh, if I was going to go do a weekend seminar, I would go do it and, you know, I'd take some more ART courses, some things that I could actually use in my chiropractic practice uh, to advance my standing there. So it's just like, it's not high on my priority list. I think, I think, as, uh, I think, I think you'd be able to set the record for like the lunchtime workout, which might, might be worth it. You might be, I might be Matt's worth it right there. now though. <laughs> oh, has Matt done it? Does Matt have yeah. his L1 or did he just, was he just there for lunchtime workout? Uh, I don't know. He might've just came for the lunchtime workout just to crush everybody. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like one of those situations where he and T are just like working out in the corner at, at mayhem <laughs> all day long during these, <laughs> during the, uh, the lectures or whatever. Um, anyway, I mean, I, I wanted to start off with that because I, I, that was very funny. That has, that has entertained my Instagram. Yeah. Feed the internet has been no a blaze. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, I, like I said, I, I understand. And to me, I, I, I kind of, I get like, I feel like it's him defending his work and I get that. And I don't want to slight it. Does it, is there always room for improvement in one's work? Sure. And I think that that's sort of where I'm coming from. And I'm sure that I could have phrased it more eloquently at the time, but reality is that when you're in an impassioned moment, like right being cut of the games, that's the way things come out sometimes. And um, I'm sure that I, I, I could have phrased things better, but Anyway, I just think it's it's quite funny. I know I, I saw the 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 documentary right before Waterpalooza, and that's how I left feeling. Is I was like, "Woof!" I could have could have made myself look a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like you know you do? you guys got interviewed you know directly off the floor after being cut. Basically, like you and Fakowski in particular, I think have have like this. Um, you guys, you guys seem to be the representatives of all the athletes that might disagree with what's going on in, yeah. in the, in the game. And, and, you know, and that's the thing is like, I'll wear that, I guess it, it, I don't mind it. And I mean, it, it is, it was, it was the storyline, right? Like that was a massive storyline from, from last year's games. So I, I don't mind being the spokesperson for that. I do wish I had done it a little bit nicer, but um, that's the way it is. I mean, we're all super competitive and, and nobody likes when that happens, but it's sports. And I mean, frankly, look at Brent and I both right now, like we've snacked back fairly well in the this season so far. And so like, we're, we're fine. Like we're doing okay. And that, and that's sort of like where I think we feel like it wasn't, a, a, we didn't represent ourselves as well as we would have liked. Right. Like we didn't, we didn't perform to a, you know, a level that we were proud of. Um, whereas like now, and we've been able to show that like, look, I'm capable of this and we're still fine. Right. But so that's part of the frustration, right? Is you just, you feel like you didn't get a chance to, um, to show what you were capable of. And then, so anyways, this is like, this is all old hat at this point, right? Yeah. 
we're months down the line. I don't need to rehash all that, but what it did is, you, it, uh, it is, it is fascinating to me that I'm, I'm having the opportunity to relive all of this. Yes. Thanks to Dave. So, yeah. What did you, what did you think of the, uh, of the fittest movie? what did you think of that? Their, their documentary. Don't worry. Nobody's uh, watching. It. You can be honest. <laughs> I thought that, I thought it was nice that they addressed all of the changes and like the layoffs and all that stuff. And like that, their the whole first portion of it is kind of dedicated to this, there's like a mini denouement of like this, the 2018 games gets really great. Like there's tons of hype and, and they ran a really great uh, event. And then all of a sudden, like the ax came down and everybody was back to ground zero, figuring out what to do. Um, so they, they kind of, those people who are very directly affected by it, guys like Hero and Marsden and, you know, Tommy and, um, Roy McKernan and guys like that, that just like, they got to, say their piece a little bit about that and then and talk a bit about, about what the changes meant to those people who then got laid off and uh, as much as it allowed for a lot of growth on the athlete side I think welcoming all the national champions and, and various different avenues to get to the games um, it came at a cost of like a lot of these people's livelihood right and then they had to re-navigate and renegotiate a way to exist in the space and so it's it's cool to see their stories a little bit because I mean, we've seen a lot of our stories, right? Like it's not, um, it's not news for a lot of it. Matt Fraser won the games, we know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Shocker, it, big uh, surprise twist ending. Yeah, so, but it's fascinating to see some of that, I think, is that even, you know, by the time we watch this movie, we all know what happened. Like I, I watched the race between Noah and Matt, like I saw Tia win, like we already know the end. It's sort of like, I think people watch for the behind the scenes stuff and the the little taste of, um that bit of i don't know what emotionality or various things that go on that that give life to the people in the in the show um beyond what you see on the competition floor and i think that that those are main principal characters that people know and they don't really know a lot about so it provided them with a little bit of an avenue to tell their story uh and i think that again that was another major storyline i think there was kind of three really big stories one being the competition the various races Two being the cuts and how significant that affected a lot of athletes. And then three being just the massive sweeping changes to the games. So I think that that was a cool thing to see. Like, and I mean, the, the competition, we like, we all, we've seen that a few times, I think. So to me, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't as invested in that. Um, but I think it's cool to see all the behind the scenes stuff and see how everybody is, you know, even just see how people reacted to the cuts and how people reacted to, you know, the ends of their season. And so it's, yeah. uh, I thought, I thought they did a good job. I, I agree. I felt like it was, it was kind of delivered on their promise of, you know, the same feeling yeah. and vibe, but a little bit more, you know, let loose and talking about some of the darker things that they would never have been able to talk about before. So I felt like they, I mean, if it's like one of those things where if, if you're someone who enjoyed the previous movies that they've done, this is right up your alley. You're going to, yeah. Love and it. there was, there was still, there was still some of that, right? Like it, there was still lots of like the competition and the, the doom, doom music while yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. exercising. But there was also another kind of facet to it that I think was to me was something that I thought was, was very interesting. Cause I think it's just something that we hadn't seen as much of. Um, yeah. so you got a bit more of a taste of that behind the scenes stuff and, and people that you don't typically like new characters that aren't really new, but you first time you really get the chance to know them. So I'm going to pivot here. Are you locked down right now? Are you like, are you, are you being told to shelter in place? Like the rest We're of the time? We're not are? like, 
so we're not in like full lockdown. I know a lot of places now are on, you know, like there's grocery stores and gas stations are open and that's basically, yeah, basically essential services. Um, most non-essential businesses now are closed. It's not mandated, but basically I think there's a, a lot of um, social pressure that goes into that stuff as well. I mean, my clinic's been closed for a week, um, but we're, you know, very, well, it's a clinic full of manual therapists. Like we're very high contact. You're working around people's heads or bodies and like they might be sweating or you have got to clean tables. And it's just really, it's an impossible scenario to exist in with this pandemic. So mm-hmm. we shut down a while back. Um, the hospitals are running still. So my fiance is still working. Um, she was on a 24 hour shift yesterday, Monday through to Tuesday. Um, and then, so she's just kind of like regrouping now. I think she's just curled up on the couch watching Grey's Anatomy. But, um, you can't even get away from the hospital in in your social free time. That's good. So, um, but yeah, basically non-essential businesses are all but closed. Um, anything that's open won't be soon or they're like, yeah, or they're real black sheep and nobody's going there because they're like, why is that guy open? Yeah. Yeah, we just got we just got told. Uh, I think today Texas was uh, put into like shelter in place. So same yeah. same thing. Like all non essential businesses are essentially are closed. Yeah. So like I don't and, think you know. Had I, if I go for a drive or if I go out walking, I'm not going to get fined. Um, but that's sort of part of the problem here, where because where I live, it's quite nice right now. It's virtually summer, and it is a very outdoorsy type place. So you end up with a lot of people now who can't work. So what do you do? Everybody just goes for a walk with their kids or their dogs. They're like, oh, well, it's beautiful. It's springtime. Like, let's just go. We'll go hit the trails. We'll go whatever. And so then you've got this bunch of people there. So it's really not social distancing. You're like, this is perfect. We can get away from people. We'll go on a trail hike. And the trail is just packed because everybody's got the same <laughs> idea, right? Yeah. So we've been trying to go find some obscure trails now and then and go for just a trail run with the dog and um, do some stuff like that. But it's hard to find places where there's not people just because um, everyone has the time off. Today is, it was better actually. Today and yesterday, I I was out earlier uh, and I just like noticed that it was quite dead. It's getting to be more of a ghost town, um, which is eerie. And it's like, it's beautiful in some ways, but it's when you think about what's underlying it, it's not exactly so nice. Yeah, it's not. It, does, it doesn't feel very good. It doesn't feel very good yeah. to know that everything's kind of shutting down and why it's shutting down and how, the, how things are going. So, I mean... It, I don't know for us, like our industry is being impacted in a pretty specific way. Like, you know, we don't have another sanction event scheduled until mid June, which is basically forever from now. I mean, it's, we're talking yeah. about almost three months. Um, it's fascinating to see how that's going to affect. Um, frankly, at this point, I'm, I am interested to hear if the games run. Um, you, you and me both. The Olympics just postponed. So like, I would not be surprised to see, us do the same i think it makes sense um you know if they don't like how do they run the games like there's probably a lot of people from a lot of countries who will still be on travel restriction um there's a lot of people who are relying on this mid-season period to get their game spot yeah so you know you've got four out of ten of the top ten last year who don't have their game spot yet seven of the top 20 i think like a lot of people this frankly was a smart time to compete you know you take an off season after the open you do the holidays you wrap back up you compete in like march april 
then you ramp back down and you start to train for the games. Like this was actually a very smart time to compete. So people who played that game got screwed. Yeah. Um, and you know, all the postponing is lovely, but now there's going to be sanctionals stacked on top of each other. And there's going to be the question of whether people can lock down their venues again. Can they get sponsors? Are sponsors going to be spread too thin because of all the sanctionals stacked on top of each other? Like realistically, there's no way that all of the events that were slated run. No way. Yeah, um, no way. Cause you only have a few weeks. I think they're, they're limiting last I checked the final week they're allowing sanctionals to go off is the second weekend of July. So you know that basically so German us... throwdown called their event at like the 18th of July. I think that's the, is... I, I think that that might be if that's not the last, the last one, one that that's about as close as it gets. That's, that's like what week, 10 days it's like out. the week before like you would qualify there and then you'd have to check in the next week at the games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like that's it's, it's insane. It is. It is insane. And I mean with so. the with the Olympics sort of being the spearhead, I think that that is kind of the big thing that a lot of people are waiting for. I know. Yeah. I'm constantly asking HQ and like the, the people involved at the games and the direct and like the, the sanctional side of things like, Hey guys, now that this has happened, is this changing your mind? Now that this has happened, is this making a difference? And the answer I get is like, we're working on it. We're trying to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. We'll announce it at some point. We just don't know what's happening yet. We're, we're, we're trying to make it work as best we can, yeah. but you know, it's tough. And I mean, like there's just, there's so much information coming out all the time, right? Every day there's so much new information that, um, people, you know, I, what we just got an email today that Rogue was was moving their event. They're, they're still, so they're in June, still mm-hmm. June 13th, 14th, but they're moving it to an online platform only. So like the Italian throwdown was talking about doing, Rogue is now talking about doing that same thing. That's kind of crazy because I I was under the impression that CrossFit completely put the kibosh on on online sanctionals like they so what they did is they said that you couldn't qualify a, a person to the games through an online um event right so question being i guess if they allow rogue to qualify somebody that's incredible favoritism but uh like, i don't see it i don't i don't see it but, but I don't know there's nothing about. to stop that rogue from running their own online event and they were saying they were going to run the same payouts the same everything and they were going to try to set up an online platform by the way it read it sounded like a zoom meeting where they're going to just get all the athletes to start the events at the same time so people could tune in and watch it stream which sounds like a logistical nightmare so they're like yeah just everybody set up wherever you think you can do it like if you're in your garage or you know out on your lawn um, and we'll just get everybody to start at once like on your lawn like people are in Europe, like it's going to be two in the morning and then you're just like, what the hell? Like it, it sounds crazy. So I, I'm interested to see how that develops. Um, Cause we, we just got an email about it this morning. So uh, there's a lot, obviously that's still being developed. And I mean that even them just saying, they told, they sent a message immediately saying, you know, mid April, we're going to decide if we're still going to run in May. And then days later they were like, forget it June. And then, you know, a few days later they're like, forget it online. So just the things are, are advancing and escalating at a pretty rapid pace. So I think that it, it'll it be fascinating to see how long it takes them to make a decision one way or the other, because you can't really sit on it forever. I mean, you've got to at some point just make the safety call or say like, we're confident that this, or we're going to play it safe in this. But I think at some point there's just like, the call has got to get made with enough notice. Sure. Um, and there's so many effects, like there's so many secondary and tertiary effects to to moving something. Even like the 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 CrossFit Games is a drop in the water compared to something like 
the Olympics. But yeah. even the games, I mean, you're talking about uh, what, like a hundred different countries or something like that. You're talking about several hundred athletes um, just in each division, pretty much. And mm-hmm. even if you were to completely remove, you know, all the spectators, all the vendors, you're still over any of the sort of limits that they're talking about in terms of groups of, you know, 250 oh, plus. Absolutely. So no, the, the only hope is that they're like, it's the whole crisis is done and and done just to a, enough of a degree recovered to enough of a degree that people are like travel bans are being lifted confidence is back in that sort of group uh gathering because i mean realistically like whenever this sort of like ends there's still going to be a waiting period where people are not quite confident yet and people are still saying hey you know i'm going to play it safe and we'll you know we'll gradually things will start to get reopened and and things will will get out of that lockdown state. So it, it means that like that we're expecting that the pandemic will be done and then there'll be enough of that recovery period that people will be confident enough to run it. So that's, I, I don't know, right? that's, it's, it's quite the hope right yeah, now. It's very the optimistic. Are, the way things are trending, um, but who knows, right? And I mean, I don't know what the idea, the, the alternative is like, do we, push it back a number of weeks. I personally kind of hope not because my wedding is like a couple of weeks after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, suffice it to say it affects a lot of people's lives in a lot of ways. And like I said, there's so many people involved in the running of that. This is the last year of the Reebok contract. Like, what does that mean for that? Um, there's just, there's so many pieces that um, it's quite insane. I'm glad it's not my job. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, th- that's the type of thing that would drive me uh, up the wall in terms yeah. of trying to figure out the logistics and and you know where to make the call on on yeah. either direction. So similar uh, to the Dave Castro comments, I'm happy to just sit back here and say things. <laughs> as long as don't don't ask me to fix it. Don't ask me to come up with a solution. But I'll I'll tell you exactly how I feel. <laughs> let me let me make the uh, let me make an elevator pitch for you, Pat. If you're yeah. very comfortable doing that, start a YouTube channel, man. That's... Yeah, there you go. Cool. Sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh that's that that's the equivalent of i don't know if you guys had like high school uh you know they they have people who help you out with your, with your tr- trying to figure out your career like counselors right. yeah, yeah that's that's the elevator pitch for the the career counselor for starting a youtube channel it's like listen man do you want to talk about things but not actually have to deal with the the decision making process involved in changing them start right. a youtube channel yeah cool <laughs> easy if you get on radio yeah there you go i'll uh, just get a little radio and i'll just start putting Putting AM frequencies out into the <laughs> island, see who picks it up. Get one of those like little ham radios and just try and broadcast as, as best you can. It's just going to be you and and Scally listening in. Yeah, yeah. some crazy guy up the island. Um, how are you dealing with these changes? Like you said, you know, last week your your clinic shut down. Uh, I mean, we were speaking, we were talking to each other earlier today, and you're you're still training, so you're still getting after it. Like, what is you know, what does the context of your training look like when pretty much the entire season's in question? Um, it's, I mean, the thing about it right now is I'm, I'm trying not to worry too much about it because there's so much uncertainty. Frankly, I don't even know what I'm training for right now. Um, so it's it sort of, I was talking to my fiance the other day and I was telling her like it, it kind of takes the pressure off. Like, I feel like every, like every session I've been doing for the last long time, until after kind of Wadapalooza had a very specific purpose to it. And it felt like it was very easy. Everything had a lot more gravity. It was very easy to like 
finish a piece and be like, shoot, I didn't, I didn't put enough into that, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that. And I felt like I put a lot more weight on every single piece of training. Um, whereas now it's like, whatever, like if I dog it a little bit on a couple intervals, or I like, I, I have a, some sort of workout and I'm like, ah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to focus on just trying to do the muscle ups unbroken in every round for this thing. And then like, if I slow up everything else and ensure that I do that, like I'm just taking some, some time to back off, focus on a few different things and just not feel so heavy hearted about every little thing that I'm doing. Um, and it's nice. It's allowing me to enjoy training a little more, like take some time to, to like fix my body up, work on some movement patterns and rehab a little bit. Now that we've got the time, there's no excuse. Like you can actually, I can spend some time working on, like I've had a shoulder injury that's been bugging me forever. And I just kind of have been getting it good enough and then working through it. And like, now I can actually do some proper work on it. And there's just like, there's a lot of opportunity for that. So I'm trying to not get too worried about if I look and I have some programming and, Oh shoot, like how am I going to pull this off or this and this and, and you know, do I have to go get some more equipment and whatever? It, it just like right now, it doesn't really matter if I have a workout that looks like it's long and aerobic and I can just go for like a trail run. Maybe I'll just do that. Or, you know, if we have some stuff, I brought some equipment at home. I can do some intervals at home on like the bikes and things like that, but I don't have any barbells. Um, my gym, I have a key to my gym and they've like allowed me to come in on occasion. So I kind of like the deal is, I'll sort of accumulate pieces and then say, okay, you know, once I have, if I have a bunch of gymnastics stuff I have to do that I can't do at home, I'll go in one day, do like all of this gymnastics training and then just clean the shit out of everything. Um, but it's just, it's like, yeah, it's, it's challenging and I'm trying to just sort of work with what I have. I don't have any home gym set up. So it's just trying to make it work and then be respectful of, you know, all the distancing and all the sanitation that it needs to happen to allow me to operate with the privileges that I do have. And like I said, it actually hasn't been that bad. Mentally, it's been a nice break. Um, and I mean, we'll see, I say that now, but talk to me in three weeks when we're still locked down. Um, but yeah, it's been okay. It's been a nice way to like, I know I'm home with the dog and I'm home with my fiance and we get to like go do things, like go for just a walk, just like the three of us and, you know, have some more time to just like, with people i've been like making a lot of phone calls to catch up with friends and people that <laughs> I, I don't i don't talk to regularly and it's just like there's a lot of a lot of just like little things that have been kind of nice about it but it's certainly stressful like you know we don't have income based on like my daily jobs done and uh competitions and things like that and so it's tough i'm trying to i touched base with most of my sponsors like earlier this week or last week and just kind of with all the free time, I'm going to see if there's anything I can help people out with and try to maybe launch some online stuff and do some live, whatever, maybe do some home workouts, do some things that we can just try to, I don't know what. I'm just expecting to, you to, to be like, I talked to my sponsors and you know, just, it, it's, it, we're going to keep working together. And by the way, and just like pull up, you know, a drink, a shoe, a brand of chalk, <laughs> yeah. like pull, pull, the hat on. Yeah. <laughs> pull out a hat and put it on over the head. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, it, it's, it is the, the unknown is honestly, I think mentally it's the hardest part to deal with physically. Like, I, I mean, 
I imagine that your day-to-day like training is very similar to what my day-to-day schedule looks like in general. We both tend to be sequestered anyway. We're both already mostly in our own space. And even if we're around other people, we're generally doing our own thing. Like you're just not, you're just not really going out and hanging out and having like, you know, bar nights and, you know, it's just not a thing that's in the schedule regularly. Right. So when that changes, it changes mostly for everybody else like okay we're good maybe i have to work around my training a little bit more but like for me i work i work from the studio like you're looking at my office it's one of the rooms in my home i have a a gym in the garage like not a lot changes but the the idea that all right well there is x amount of weeks and X yeah. is unknown, right? Who knows how long we're going to be doing this? Who knows what the end result is going to be? How long it's going to be before things get back to whatever normal is at that point? Um, I think it's really easy to get lost in the weeds uh, with that sort of like looming over people. Yeah, I think particularly for, you know, like like I said, for you or I, it maybe isn't that much of a change. You can still create content. Like I can still train to a certain degree work around things like there's certainly some obstacles but it's not insurmountable but if you're you know you work a normal job day to day nine to five and you can't work there's a lot of pressure that comes with that like people not knowing when that's going to restart is challenging because you don't know what steps to take now because i might take a different approach if i know i'm out for three weeks or i'm out for six weeks or i'm out for eight weeks like as to what i will be doing um so it's super challenging and i think for me, like I said, I'm using it as a time to sort of heal a little bit and, and just try to enjoy myself and, and rediscover some some vigor for some things that I've been have been feeling a lot more like work. And it just, you know, I'm reading a lot. I've, I've done like three puzzles since quarantine has started. Like I'm just like filling my days like, a little bit. Like like puzzles, like like actual jigsaw puzzles? Yeah, like or... thousand piece puzzles. <laughs> oh my I knocked God. out a thousand piece puzzle in one day yesterday. It was pretty what? sweet. Yeah. That's insanity. Wait, <laughs> what's it a picture out. of? Was it was it like a like an artsy pattern or was it something that you could actually uh, it's see? It's like a bunch of like um I wanna say it's like uh um Day of the Dead, like a bunch of little skull masks that are all painted kind of differently and it's just like row upon row of those. Honestly, so. I, I, my wife and I enjoy the puzzle here and there, but we, I think we may have tried to graduate a little too quickly. We jumped up to like a thousand piece puzzle, uh, not too long ago and it took us three weeks to finish it. Cause we were both just working on it like an hour or two every couple days. Like we take like one, cause it was so frustrating cause it was just the same sort of like fern pattern of like green with right. blacks. It was just like such a frustrating moment to try and put the thing together. But we did uh, one before this one that was like a lot of sky and a lot of wall. Like it was so like ice and bullshit. sky and it was so hard. <laughs> and the thing is we don't really have a lot of space. So like table space is at a bit of a premium. So that's why like yesterday I was just like, screw it. If I'm going to start it, I'm going to put work in here. And so I just kind of got motoring on it and tuned out and next thing you know i was doing a puzzle for like six hours but the uh it was i like needed to get it done so we could have the table back (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like we don't have a place where we can leave it for a week because the dog eats pieces and then it's like then it's you don't get any satisfaction out of we've never we've never had a single successful puzzle that actually finished with a number of pieces started with because Uh, our our doodle keeps eating the pieces yeah it sucks it sucks so much (laughs) 
<laughs> that what we did with like the sky and stuff we did it on this coffee table and it was a bit lower to the ground and we finished and there was like five pieces missing we we're like oh <laughs> he got you man you got the last you. two the last two have gone together so and we have one more so might i suggest start. if you want to level up to the next to like next level puzzles get ones that aren't square or rectangle they have puzzles that are shaped like I, I remember in college, my buddy and I did like a thousand or twelve hundred piece puzzle that was a dragon, but it was shaped like a dragon. Oh, cool. So the it, there are no you can't you can't do the classic strategy of like find your corners, find your yeah. edges. Like yeah. you can't do that. strategy. I saw a three thousand piece the other day and I almost pulled the trigger on it. Dude, that's a commitment. That is That's a real commitment. And then how do you how do you like. You have to have a Viking funeral when you put that thing apart. You know what I mean? Oh, right. You have to. Those you have are the to have ones a that moment. you frame. You, you just laminate it and frame it. <laughs> but this yeah. is what I mean. So if if I don't know how long I'm going to be quarantined for, am I buying like am I buying thousand piece puzzles or am I buying three thousand piece puzzles? That's a good point. Different good strategies, point. right? Once we <laughs> but, start uh, seeing the Pat Vellner Instagram stories turning into like it goes from fitness and a little bit of the dog to like mostly the dog and a little bit of puzzles to mostly like puzzles and Legos and like, you know, connects and like Legos, you know, Legos yeah. is the real move, dude, yeah. because the instructions are right there and you end up I with know. something badass. I actually did mention the other day to Michelle, get some like, Oh yeah, we should get, we should get Legos anyways. We should have that around. What, what is a house that doesn't have a box of just abandoned Lego pieces? Yeah, somewhere I don't need under kids to have Legos. We should, yeah, we can have Legos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I think, uh, I think, I think there's, there's definitely like, it's just, there, there isn't really a clear path forward and it's cool to see, you know, uh, the, the, the puzzle is kind of being a little bit of like a stress relief slash engagement. You know, for me, I watch a lot of television. I enjoy it. I love it. We've watched so much trashy TV and so many great movies over the past like two weeks. And now yeah. that the weird thing was today was when it was officially announced like shelter in place. And I was like, what the hell have I been doing for the past? <laughs> like I got back from Montreal and I immediately was like, all right, I'm staying on my own. No one, yeah. no one come near me. And then now the official rule comes on. It's like, that was 10 days ago. What, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. See, we're kind of like, I don't know. I'm trying to finish every day with a feeling of satisfaction that I did something reasonably productive so you know even if it was just like yesterday i did a whole puzzle like I, I was satisfied with that i count that as a win but it's kind of how i'm trying to look at my quarantine days like there was a bunch of um the san diego pain conference just put out a bunch of lectures for chronic pain that uh they gave out for free because of the covid virus so i just like signed up and i've got a whole bunch of lectures and i can do like a bunch of learning as well um, you know, we bought a few books. We're going to read, like just trying to not feel like I, you know, slept away my whole day or wasted a lot of time. So it is tough. And I think that's the trick. A lot of people are trying, are, are, you know, picking up old hobbies, playing instruments, doing things that they haven't really had the time for, um, just cause life gets busy. So I think that that's, there's some cool things that have kind of come out of it. Um, but it's certainly, I agree with you. The uncertainty is scary. Just not knowing how long you're kind of in this limbo for and everyone's just the world's in a holding pattern. We're kind of all waiting for the next word and then something else comes up and it's, you know, it's daily or every other day that we get some more information, but it's not always the direction we want it to be. Right. Right. Um, Might I suggest, scary, I mean, you look, you look at like the way things have progressed in some of the countries in Europe or places like that. And like, you know, this has been a three month ordeal. So it's, 
it's hard to wrap your head around it, but people need to be prepared that, you know, this is with the measures we've been taking with social distancing and things like that. It's not meant to infect less people. It's meant to infect less people at a time. Right. Which, which takes stress off the healthcare system and saves people ultimately. So but what that means is if it was three months in Italy, it could be four months or five months, or six months, right? Like if you're just, if you're talking about flattening the curve, you're not changing the area under the curve. You're just taking this, yeah, spreading you're it turning out. it into this, yeah. right? So that time could even be longer than we think, right? So it's, it's, it's tough. Like it's, it's tough to think about and I, it's scary to think <laughs> about really. Um, but on the other hand, it's cool to see, you know, global cooperation on the level we've seen it. And it's cool to see um, the information sharing and, and how technology is still able to keep everyone together. You see all the people having Zoom meeting parties and running their group classes on Zoom conference and things like that. It's just, you know, there's some things that are very inspiring, but um, it's tough. I think it's tough to be isolated. You know what? You know what kind of uh, I saw that that kind of scared me a little bit? And this is more like the the sort of futurist being scared because it's like, listen, we get it in a week. Chances are very, very good, if not before then, that the U.S. is going to be, you know, the largest, has the largest population of like positive tests. And, you know, it's only going to keep going up from there because of sort of like, you know, where things are going in the biggest states in the state in the Florida. U.S. And like, yeah, Florida and New York and California <laughs> and stuff are just losing it over there. Uh, did you see that kid, by the way? Did you see that that interview with the like the spring break kid that went? Oh no! <laughs> it was so good. He was like, he's like clearly hammered. His like face is all like sunburned and red from all the alcohol. And he's like, if we get Corona, we get Corona, man. I've been waiting for the spring break for months. <laughs> I was like, oh, not a good look, bro. Not a good look. Uh, but the thing that that I saw that kind of like scared me was. They uh, like some a technology company. I want to say is it's one of like the wearable companies. Basically, uh, like provided their product for like healthcare professionals to wear twenty four seven, so that they can monitor all their biometrics and then use that to sort of see all right who's sort of flagging, who might be getting sick, who 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 can we focus on? And uh, I I dig the idea. I dig the idea of like using technology to sort of like maybe sort of see where things are going beforehand. But the concept to me is terrifying because fast forward that, I mean, in, in China right now, for example, they have like smartphone apps that you have to check in on because they use like facial recognition. You have to check in on smartphone apps like every single day, multiple times a day. So they can see who's getting sick. Who were they talking to? How do they isolate those people, those groups of people? And that's how they're able to sort of like smash it or what seems like they've smashed it right as quickly as they have. The future result of this is going to be like everyone's forced to wear wearables that are going to tell, you know, some company or even worse government agency, like what your heart rate is when you're, you know, watching movies and like what your uh, sleep patterns are like and whether you're going to get sick beforehand. And it's going to be like, yeah, we can crush epidemics and pandemics before they happen. But the trade off is that like we're giving up a lot more information about ourselves. I think than than people are, are going to be aware like, of like what you, you, you care if the government knows your blood pressure, 
dude okay let me give you an example because i knew you were gonna ask something like that let me let me freak you out a little bit here patty v so you know your phone's already listening to all your shit and marketing it, to you hey? it is absolutely listening to everything I, and i know that everyone knows that for a fact because we all have the same experience of talking about something while our phone is like off and near us and then going on to like instagram and having an ad of that exact thing being served up to us but anyway my point is like for example here's here's one extreme example Imagine a, a country like North Korea, right? You have a, a, a dictatorship that has complete control over its populace. If they, for example, have total biometric information about their entire populace and someone walks by a poster of our, our dear leader and elicits emotional response of anger and, you know, not like deference or fear or whatever then that person is in direct danger because they're they're not falling in line. You know what I mean? The the capitalist version of that, and I know I sound like a crazy person. The capitalist version of that by the way is like your TV can look at you while you're watching something and be like, "Man, this he doesn't enjoy this scene, but does enjoy this scene and start like serving up movies to you on Netflix that you might enjoy more based off of a completely subconscious and unknown responses to yourself to the point where you feel like you might be making a choice about like the next TV show you watch, clothes you buy, car you buy, place you move, and yet you're actually not making those choices because it's being predetermined for you by an algorithm. Right, right but it's being predetermined to be stuff that you actually really like. It's only cool <laughs> if it's in that example though, right? Because you you can see how it's going to turn negative, how it could absolutely turn negative if it goes the other direction. No, your first example, I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but the, your capitalist version doesn't sound that bad. It's bad, dude. It's be like real if bad. I showed up, be like I showed up to an ice cream place, and I was like, "Oh man, I just like I don't know what to have." And the guy's like, "You'll have this one. You'll love it." And I grab it, and I'm like, "Holy shit, I do love it." <laughs> I just saved myself five minutes of deliberation. No, dude, this is no, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is. Man, you're... what do I wear today? You'll wear this. It's comfortable, and you'll love it. Oh, okay, man, wow. but what if? Okay, so then take it to the next level. Who should I vote for? You'll vote for this guy. You'll love it. Trust me. You see what I'm talking yeah, about and here? You listen to stuff and you're like, wow, this really aligns with everything that I love. No. <laughs> really no. what you're saying is your body would be making the decision for you and someone else is interpreting the data and just telling you it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. Kind of. So either way, it's you, it's your, it's you making the decision. No, no. It, it, I mean, listen, yes. In those situations, in those examples that I'm providing, yes, I, maybe I didn't make it scary enough. I'm trying to think of other what you're way scarier situations. I hear what you're saying. No. Um, the future is terrifying. Though. I mean, see if you can get people spiking a fever beforehand and get them out. I don't know. The healthcare system is wild right now. And I think that, I don't know. It's fascinating to see, like, we're, we, we have a lot of you know, they're, they're basically like clearing hospitals and getting ready for things to get quite bad. And everybody's on hand, right? Like every nurse is working overtime and every doctor's working a lot. They're trying to pull, you know, retired doctors back into service to try to help um, soften the blow a little bit. So it's crazy. Things are going to be desperate for a while, I think. So yeah. anyway, I think that at the end of the day, we try to try to support people where you can. It's the thing I'm going to try to Keep cooking dinner for Michelle. Make sure she's comfortable at home because she's going to be out there saving people. That's right. 
That's right. Well, I appreciate your time here, Pat. Thank you for also listening to the ramblings of a conspiracy theorist. Although, you know what? Oh, I'm, I'm not even going to say it's conspiracy. I, I'm going to own it. That is for sure the future we're moving in. And it's going to be You awful. must have read 1984, right? It's like it. Well, I also read uh, twenty. I, I think I suggested this this one to you. The twenty one problems for the twenty first century. Oh, yeah, I've read it already. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the situations that he talks about. He talks about how you know big data and wearables together in like the messed up healthcare system that we have is yeah. is a nightmare situation. And guess what? I actually just read. I'll send it to you. I just read an article that he wrote about how it's how it's actually starting to come true Yuval. in places. Yeah, you've all just wrote this article for Financial Times, I think. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll send I'll send you the link. It's it's just it's really fascinating because he talks about the exact, you know, how disasters tend to not just exacerbate problems but accelerate solutions that you might have thought were 10, 15 years in the future, but hey, man, actually look at the world wars. Oh yeah. Look at all oh, the yeah. technology that came out of that. Yeah. That's all we need. We needed a pandemic to just kickstart the inventors again. Yeah, that's right. It's like no more school is now all going to be online. You know, there isn't going to be any more in-person interaction for anything other than, you know, maybe even like a doctor's visit wouldn't even be count. Who knows? Actually, we're speaking crazy. of which, we were talking about this a lot. I've talked with a couple of people that with this, all this isolation stuff, um, if you're a single person, try to make an effort to contact people or stay in touch with people. Because I feel like, you know, I'm at home quarantined. I have Michelle. I have my like quarantine partner. You're the same. It's And it's fine. It's great. It's actually totally, totally manageable. But if you're like a, someone who lives alone, I can imagine things getting very difficult around now and you could be very easily get depressed. So if you're that person who lives alone and you're, or you're single or whatever it is, try to make the extra effort, call somebody, have a Skype date and do whatever. I'm sure that there's, there's ways you just maybe have to make the extra effort. And I think that it's super, super important. I'm going to agree with you. We need connection. We need human connection. Don't let quarantine take it away from you. I'm going to agree with you. It's like uh, uh, it, 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 I've been I've been FaceTiming more in the past like week and a half than I have in the last sure. two years because, yeah. you know, like I, I I could have been FaceTiming my mom every day or every other day for the yeah. past couple of years. But now it's like, OK, well, let's just make sure. Let's make sure I face. I know they're always going to pick up because they're also locked down. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. No one's got anything better to do. No one has anything better to do. Yeah, so. I had like I had a bunch of friends on a Zoom conference the other day. We just all had some beers and caught up. Friends from school. It was awesome. It was like great. There's a lot of ways to do it. You just have to go out of your way, and everybody's sitting on their hands. So if if you have to be the one who initiates, then just do it. Yeah, I've got a I've got a book club that I do every month. Uh, it's it's uh, going to be doing or we're going to be meeting over Zoom in, in next week. So, you know, lots of lots of opportunities to stay social in some way, sure. shape or form. And I think it, yeah. I think that's that's probably the single best advice I've heard anybody give in a long time. Uncle Pat's right. got your back. So you had to tune in until the very end. So anybody who's <laughs> still around, you got it. That's you awesome. Got the good dude. stuff. Well, again, Any book you. recommendations. Well, I have oh. you. Uh, book recommendations. So I read this book that we're doing for this month is player piano by Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good one. I believe it was his first novel and the entire thing is about automation of work. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, an automation of work from a 1950s sci-fi futurist perspective. It's really interesting. Uh, so sorry, it's called piano, uh, player piano, player piano. 
Um, that was the that was the book that we read this month. I want to. I can't remember what was the other one we read. Did I tell you about the the Native American the book about the Native Americans that I I I uh, we read one year or I don't, one I month? Don't know. I don't think uh, so. It's called. Uh, they're gonna make it into a movie. I think it's called. Uh, uh, where did I go? Library. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a really good one. It's uh, it's nonfiction. It's kind of like a. Um, it's written by a journalist, and it's about these murders of a very sp- uh, specific, like Native American tribe that happened uh, in the early 20th century. It's fascinating. It's really, really interesting. And how it kind of had to do with how the FBI started. And, um, you know, it, it has this really, really weird and kind of creepy vibe of like the greed involved in humanity and like power. It's, it's really, it's a really interesting look at that. And then another book that we read recently was about free will. It's called who's in charge. Uh, and that one is by Michael Gazaniga. What was the name of that one you did the audio book of? Time something? Um, We did Blindsight, that one, the one about Maybe. the aliens. Yeah, that might be it. I was, trying, I, I was thinking about the other day because you sent me the online PDF. The PDF, right? Yeah, yeah. So that one's called that was Blindsight. It? Yeah, okay. Blindsight. And I, I never ended up getting it, but I'm going to probably put a book order in here soon. And I'm going to smash books for the Dude, next one. I still strongly recommend Blindsight. It was really, really cool. It's a great. Cool. It's a, and if you go Blindsight and Who's in Charge back to back, because Blindsight is a lot about like consciousness and right. free will, and Who's in Charge is like the actual science about how consciousness arises and you know where your choice comes from and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Those things, cool. those things work out really well together. Nice. Do you have any recommendation recommendation for me? Uh, uh, what am I reading right now? I'm dragging my heels reading The Organized Mind. It, it should be done in like the next day. I read a book called... Oh my goodness. Fuck, I can't even remember the name of it. Something in time. <laughs> or an ocean an ocean of time? An ocean of time. Okay. Which was like, okay. It was kind of... It was, it was interesting. It was like... Not very feel good, you know? I feel like you read a lot of things or you see shows and there's kind of like, you know, protagonist struggles and then there's like feel good in the end. And this was just like the hits just kept on coming and at the end it was just like still kind of sad, but everybody just knows how to live with it. I was like, oh, "Oh, yes. (laughs) All right. And then I'm about to read a book called Reproduction, which is supposed to be quite good. Um, And what was... We had one here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, McDowell was reading The Body by Bill Bryson, which is supposed to be quite good. The Body? Yeah. So I might read that one right in a sec here. She's just finishing up with it. And... Yeah, this is a really good time to, to you know, read a bunch, I think. It's it's really easy to, to sort of just fall into, like, Netflix and Reddit and social media and stuff. Because it's a much more uh, like comforting and addictive type of stimulus, but yeah. I, I would strongly recommend uh, to people who are watching to you know just pick up a book, any of the books that we're talking about, um, but just literally any books. Audible is really cool. Uh, that's what I use to get all my audiobooks. 
There's a good um, here. There's a couple of good fiction ones if you look for like just an easy read. Hit me. Um, there's one called Fifteen Dogs. I feel like I love it already. Great. I yeah, highly recommend it. Very like again, easy to read and just like kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, like take on sort of human nature and stuff like that. Um, and then there's one I read years ago called. Uh, the Curious Case of the Dog in the Nighttime, um, which is really cool. It's kind of about an autistic child, and it's it's written. It's part of it is sort of written first person from the the that child. So mm-hmm. the the way it's written and the way the communication is is fascinating. It's really it's like a, it's a fun fun read. Um, and if you've never read Room, you should read Room too. That was the one that had the movie, right? Yeah, they they made a movie recently about it. Well, maybe not that recently now. I, I read that, it years ago. I think she won an Oscar or that movie won an Oscar. I haven't seen the movie, but <clears throat> I'll uh, I'll definitely book. check the book. Read the I'll, book. Yeah, I'll check the book out. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, read the book. The movie, yeah, read the book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good suggestion. Well, thanks, dude. This was All great. Right. We did a little book exchange at the very end yeah, there, too. I love it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully next time we we connect, all you know, we'll actually have read one or two of the books. Oh, I know that's the problem, right? I feel like my list gets longer before it gets shorter. Oh, so. for sure, and I feel like it's going to be like that forever. It's, yeah, it's well, always going to be getting got, longer. We've got time. We've got time now. I just got to get back on it. Be committed. That is stop very doing true. puzzles for a little bit. Yeah, dude, stop yeah. stop doing puzzles. It's it's such a you know, it's like an ocean wave. It's just going to yeah. come in and go out. You I got to reallocate. You got to reallocate resources. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll find time to read between um, episodes of Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, buddy. <laughs> the best trash TV ever. <laughs> we, watched, we watched that whole show. Like, oh, it was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. We smashed, we smashed through that way too fast as well. It was so good. I, like, I don't watch a lot of a trash TV like that, but that was, I got to say, loved it. One of my favorite reality TV characters of all time, Jessica. Jessica, is on there. oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> poor poor mark fuck me. oh my god i love yeah. it yeah that was that's, that movie was that that show was awesome that show was uh, awesome it's peak 2020 is the best <laughs> totally. hey and it's like it's dating in quarantine can, it, it is can, dating in quarantine we can learn a lot of lessons from that show everybody go watch love is blind all those single people that i addressed earlier yeah, this is how you both do it and don't do it at the same time. Way forward. Awesome, dude. Well, again, thanks so much, man. I'll let you get no back worries. to it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and evening, and I will. Uh, I will definitely catch up with you uh, very soon, buddy. Yeah, man. Good chatting. Michelle Likewise. says hi, by the way. Oh, hi, Michelle. And please tell your dog I say hello. My Katie was like, ask him about his dog. Make sure his dog is okay. I'm like, yeah, Michelle's think- going to take us both for a walk here soon. So <laughs> you deserve, you look like you need to go out for a pee. <laughs> Thanks. So. I got to get out. I'm yeah. Getting <laughs> All right, but I'll catch you later. Thanks again. Later, buddy. Bye. So guys, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's been a great time. Uh, that was Patrick Vellner. You can, Find him on Instagram. You probably already follow him. What am I saying? You probably already follow him. Uh, the man himself. If you uh, if you want, you can like, share, subscribe to this channel. Tell your friends about it. This interview is a lot of fun, and I'm going to be doing stuff like this uh, pretty much every day while we're stuck in in quarantine together. Because you got to do something, right? You got to do something. Thank you so much, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.
Well, not next week, but like very soon. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, dude.